0: Okay, so I know that the amount of time that passes between when we talk is always the same, but it feels like a hundred years since I've talked to you and i'm <laughs> I'm really tired of this pandemic thing like I'm yeah, just, a little bit I'm just over it like i'm over now I am over it because the passage of time has been affected more than I had initially anticipated.
1: I realize now that animal crossing was definitely like helping me keep track of the days a lot better
0: (laughs) yeah but today i did get to see some friends which i want to say everybody should be social distancing and obviously your hangouts should be safe so we hung out a little bit and we played muppet pictionary which is a game that i invented And didn't think anyone was going to take seriously.
1: Yeah, I need you to explain this to me. Uh (laughs) Because you said the words Muppet Pictionary with such confidence that I assumed it was a real thing that everybody knew about. And I just wasn't cool.
0: No, no, I'm going to let you guys in on it so you can play it at home. What you do is you tell all your friends that you want to play Muppet Pictionary. And it's even better if you can play it over like a zoom call or something where you have like white, you know, like whiteboard they use for like businesses, like sure, uh, sure, sure. Yeah, whatever some way or like roll 20, some way that you can all draw on a space anyway. So what you do is you tell all your friends that you want to play Muppet Pictionary like two days before. And the reason is because nobody on this earth, except for like 10 people are Muppet experts. So you don't want to give anybody too much time Mm -hmm. to, like, study up on the Muppets. But you tell them, like, a couple days in advance, like, hey, we're going to play Muppet Pictionary. So just kind of brush up on some Muppets. (laughs) That's a trap because there are 500 plus canon Muppets. Most of them are food. However, you pick, there's, like, a Thrillist list. Of like the 65 most important Muppets. And that's what I pulled my pool from. But obviously feel free to go where the spirit guides you. So Muppet Pictionary is played in teams. Just like regular Pictionary. And you just have someone who is designated as the referee. And the like Muppet chooser. And the timekeeper and scorekeeper. And all you do is you draw the Muppets. And then your teammate or your teammates have to guess the Muppet. But they have to be able to say like the character's name right that's dr teeth right exactly it's not just like oh the dude in the band which is a little harder than you might think because one of the characters today was rizzo the rat and everybody was like it's the rat it's the rat that gonzo hangs out with it's the rat he's the pirate rat he's the rat from (laughs) from the christmas carol and nobody got it and i was like his name is rizzo (laughs) like but i was able to pull out some really obscure muppet favorites of mine
1: Mm -hmm.
0: like the dancing ceiling ghost which is a Muppet that my friend suggested. And then I looked her up and she's incredible. She just appeared in like one episode of the Muppets. And all she is, is a little girl that dances upside down on the ceiling. And she's a ghost. That's amazing. My favorite obscure Muppet, because I am such a big fan of the man himself, is Elton John's lunch. (laughs) Uh, There's an episode where Elton John talks to his lunch and his lunch is like several Muppets that are like a burger and some fries and a cantaloupe and a bunch of grapes and a plate of spaghetti. And he talks to them for a little bit and they have like a little bit of banter. And then Elton puts salt on all of them and begins to eat them. And they don't and it's not like a oh my god no Elton please like it's like they're just cool with it. Insanity but also it's really incredible to watch someone try to draw Elton John and his Muppet lunch. Throw it in your Muppet Dictionary <laughs> game. But for now, I think we should play what Spider-Man there.
1: I'm so ready. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs>
0: what's up everybody my name is zeke and i'm kat and we are here to ask the question was spider-man there except for this week we didn't ask it uh i believe someone else asked us if spider-man was there
1: so this week we have an email from our friend trey who says you've done spidey pool and touched on peter and harry's relationship but what about exploring another big spidey partnership spidey torch Shout out to my friend that insists on calling the ship name Human Man. Your friendly neighborhood listener, Trey.
0: The Human Man bit reminds me of when Tom Holland was on Stephen Colbert, and he's like, this is a dog that got his powers from being bitten by another (laughs) dog, so his name is Dog Dog. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Trey. Uh, This is really interesting because I didn't know it was a thing. I didn't know that Spidey Torch was a thing, so I'm really excited to talk about this. Uh, so we're going to get rolling with the first half of the podcast, which we call Elevator Pitch, which is where Kat, or Trey, gives us a theme for the week, uh, and then I bring a small pitch to Kat, Kat has some time to research it, and then we come here and we find out if Spider-Man was there. There's also a second half to the podcast, but you have to beat Kat in five rounds of Muppet Pictionary before she'll tell you...
1: I'm real good at Muppets.
0: What goes on over there? Yeah, your example Muppet was Doctor Teeth, which is really <laughs> insane because most people don't know who that is. I. By the way, you can give a bonus point for anybody that knows the name of his band. Um, which is uh, Cat. What's the name of Doctor Teeth's band?
1: You just said it, and now my. Hold on, wait. Give me a second. Okay, give me a second. It's um, Electric Mayhem. Yeah, That's it, Doctor Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. <laughs> um
0: so uh spidey torch this week this one was honestly a big challenge for me because me too (laughs) because i don't know anything about the fantastic four other than fuck reed richards i don't like that guy but it's this is not about him this is about johnny storm right do i have his name right at least yeah okay who is the human torch i know he says flame
1: on right that's yeah i think okay i think i think knowing that johnny storm is the kind of person who unironically yells flame on when he's about to superpower like tells you everything you need to know about johnny storm (laughs) (laughs)
0: like in danny phantom when he would go i'm going ghost but then he didn't want anybody to know his secret identity like okay well you kind of you're announcing it to everyone Okay, so I didn't know anything about Johnny Storm, and per the rules of Elevator Pitch, I'm not allowed to do any research, uh, aside from what I know at a cursory level. So like I said, I know that he's the Human Torch, and I know that he says Flame On, and I know that he was played by Chris Evans in a movie, which I did not like him in, by the way. Not Chris Evans. Johnny Storm. But I figured, you know it's always fun? When there's a big, funny mix-up of some kind. And so instead of doing, like, a body switch, I wanted a story where Peter and Johnny get their powers switched through, like, maybe, like, Doc Ock has them in, like, a, like, and then we're going to switch your consciousnesses. And Spider-Man's like, that's not a word. Uh, uh. And He's, like, fighting, you know, that's him fighting <laughs> against restraints. And Johnny's like, yeah, what he said. And Spider-Man's like, we got to talk about this later. The back and forth's not real good, man. <laughs> but then Doc Ock is like, silence, imbeciles! And then he, like, flips the switch, and it's like, yow, yow, you know, like, electric noises. And, uh, and Spider-Man's like, Ugh, I'm feeling very weak! And Doctor Octopus is like, fucking, finally. So then, you know, the, he flips the switch back, and it's like, and everything's smoking. Because he's ready for, because these two's consciousness have switches have switched, I think the idea is that they would then be weaker in their forms and they would be easier to defeat for like a, look at me, I'm Doc Ock and I beat up Spider-Man kind of thing. Sure, sure. But instead what happens is that not their brains get switched, but their powers. And so Peter like wakes up and he's like, these are still my, these are still my beautiful hands. These are still my beautiful pants. Like, and so he like jumps out of the machine and he's like, ha ha, the joke's on you, Doc Ock. But when he like points, like fire shoots out of his hand and he's like, oh no. <laughs> and then Johnny Storm kind of looks at himself and he's like, oh sick. And then he realizes he can like climb walls and he has like the super strength or whatever because I don't know what all of the human torches powers are. I assume they stop at becomes a human fireball. I, I, wait, I think also he can fly, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: okay. So like, he's like, Hell yeah, I can do all this, but I can't fly. And so what they have to do is they have to like really stick close together. They make their way out of Doc Ock's lab. But there's sort of like, I guess the the meat of the comic, the, the biggest part of it would be the two of them trying to teach each other how to use these powers. And I kind of, I'll be honest, I hearkened back to um, an episode of Teen Titans, which was a beloved show for me as a kid where starfire and raven switch their powers not purposefully but and it's because their powers come from kind of two different places and so i really imagine like johnny storm is like oh you just yell flame on you get real hype and then you're and then you're just on fire (laughs) and spider-man's like no like you just it's about silence and like stealth and like You climb up a wall and you're quiet about it and you have to mind your super strength or you'll rip the window panes out. And of course, Johnny does that a lot. And Peter sets a lot of things on fire accidentally. But it becomes a message of like teamwork within friendship, within having to trust in someone else and like place your trust in another person. Uh, So the next time they show out, they, they have like a showdown with Doc Ock. It's very much he's like well now you're weakened and they're like yes again fool and then they kick his ass and they're really good at each other's powers <laughs> uh and he's like oh my ass and they're like switch our powers back and he's like no and then they threaten him and he's like okay and then, uh so he switches their powers back and for a second they're kind of like oh i missed being a spider slash being a human matchstick. But then they kind of look at each other and they're like, just kidding. It's fun being who you are. And then they look at the camera and they're like, be yourself, kids. And then like, <laughs> that's it. So that's my story <laughs> about, about Spidey Church. Um, that's the canon comic version. The Zeke version also involves a lot of smooching. But we won't. Oh, for sure. Yeah. We won't go there because I know that you're not going to find that in the in the canon comics. So that's where we are. So I will ask, was Spider-Man there? And did he ever have the powers of the human torch and vice versa.
1: So, like you said, this episode was a little bit challenging for me too, just because like I know the Fantastic Four is out there, they exist, but they're they've never really been one of the franchises that I've been super interested in. So mm-hmm. like as opposed to the X-Men franchise, where like that's what I grew up on, you know, you started calling out tropes, and I was like, Oh yeah, I know where to look, or I know what to I know what to look at. Right. The Fantastic Four is a lot more challenging for me but I do know a little bit about Johnny and Peter's relationship and a lot of the reason that that works as a duo and that they work like as a partnership and that they're fun to read about for a lot of people is because they have built up like a very close friendship over decades of comics. But at the same time, there's sort of that always that other side of the coin part of their relationship. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And so I think stories like this where they're experiencing what the other person lives through is something that comic book writers like to explore in different ways. Of course. Yeah. And and that's not just for these two characters, but I think they provide a really good uh, foil for that just because they're the, they're a pair of characters where it's like, they have a lot of very obvious differences in regards to not just their powers, but their personalities and their outlook um, and how they approach hero work. The kind of hero work that they do on on a day-to-day basis especially like looking at kind of like where the fantastic four is now and like where spider-man is now but then also like the more they hang out together and the more like you read about them together the more you kind of realize they're the same kind of idiot in a lot of ways
0: yeah that was kind of the vibe that i was going to convey and i was like man i hope this is right
1: yeah (laughs) um yeah so so good work there I could not find a story where the two of them specifically swapped powers. Okay. What I did find was a story where they sort of switched hero roles, though. Okay. Very interesting. I'm listening. So this is from the Spider-Man and Human Torch series uh, by our good friend Dan Slott. I'm just going to say that in the hopes that one day he does become our good friend. Hey, Dan Slott, we have a Twitter and you have a Twitter.
0: (laughs) I'm just saying the DMs are open. Slide right on in.
1: In this issue, uh, it's this is a, a like a more recent issue, like it's from the 2000s, but it's drawn and kind of written in the style to evoke like the classic 60s style of comics. Like, I think the point of the series is kind of to imagine these moments in the budding relationship between these two characters like over time. Okay. So... Even though this comic is, like, I want to say, like, 2011, it's drawn and sort of written in the style of a comic you might have seen in the 60s. And so, like, Gwen oh, is I still alive and her dad is still alive. Um, and like, she's dating Peter and stuff like that. So you see Peter Parker and he's, like, doing his usual grousing about, like, oh, you know, his Peter Parker life and is he going to be able to make rent this month or whatever. And meanwhile, the Human Torch is just, like, cruising through the skies of New York City, and he happens to run into the Vulture, and he's like, hey, you're one of those bad guys, right? Like, you're one of Spider-Man's bad guys, and the Vulture's like, yeah, I'm robbing this bank. And the Human Torch is like, no, you're not. Robbing this bank in the sky. (laughs) (laughs) And he just, he just, fuck, he's like, you're the Vulture, right? Like, your thing is, like, you're an old man with, like, wings. And he's like, yeah, and I'm robbing this bank. And he's like, "Mm, no. (laughs) And he just sets his wings on fire, and, like, the (gasps) guy just falls and i like i went over these pages like two or three times and i was like he falls into a laundry truck he falls onto a mattress he falls, like you know, yeah it just, it just shows him falling like going ah i'm like that's it like it just cuts away to the next <laughs> seat and i'm like uh i think johnny storm just killed that guy <laughs> anyways johnny storm murderer yeah so he's he's feeling pretty good about that and he goes into this like diner to meet some cosmic girlfriend of his or whatever and while he's there like peter parker's gang is hanging out at the diner so like gwen stacy is there with mary jane and harry and they're like you know having milkshakes or whatever and goes up to the diner and he's trying to be all cool or whatever and then he runs into flash thompson who is a character that I think has definitely like grown in popularity and people have grown to love. Like when he was first introduced, he was basically just Peter Parker's bully.
0: Yeah. But because I remember people being really upset that he was not the bully in the amazing Spider-Man.
1: Right. Or is he the bully? He is the bully in the amazing. Spider. actually here's, here is my hot take. Flash Thompson in the amazing Spider-Man is the best part of the amazing (laughs) Spider-Man.
0: Okay um we won't get and into I, that right now but um <laughs> i never saw those movies i think i saw the beginning of the first one so like i know he's in there but like yeah yeah that's the only time i've even heard uh, of him just
1: to be very quick about it he's like the one character was like oh they gave him some nuanced dialogue that shows that like more is going on in his life as opposed to like the other characters that are just kind of mumbling their way through the movie the dialogue is terrible i was like wow they gave him some good lines yeah and like, oh he has a personality yeah yeah and it's like he has more to him than just like i'm a bully because i'm mean like they give him some character development that i was not expecting in those movies based on how the rest of them had been going anyways canonically flash thompson is a big spider-man fan like he thinks peter parker is a dork but he's just super into spider-man which is something that i'm really glad they've preserved in the mcu that has so many fun directions that that can go in this situation he runs into Johnny Storm, who is trying to make himself look awesome by talking about how easy it was to get rid of Spider-Man's villains and like what a chump this Spider-Man must be if he's having trouble with losers like Vulture and Flash is not having it. And so like he starts kind of fighting with him. And uh, meanwhile, like Peter Parker's walked in to meet his friends and he kind of overhears them talking shit. And he's like, oh, God, like this is exactly what I need. Right. It's like the Fantastic Four thinking I'm a loser. Right. Meanwhile, as he's, like, talking to Gwen Stacy and stuff, her dad is there, who is a police captain, and he's like, oh, hey, by the way, I know that you take pictures of Spider-Man, and, like, you hang out with some super people, Uh, I just want you to be really careful, because the Magia are really active right now, they're um, passing out these street drugs called uh, ZMB, or, quote, Zoomers, (laughs) oh Um, no i was like oh no it was 2011 we didn't we didn't know we didn't know we were gonna call them that yet yeah um and so he's like i just want you to like be aware of that or like if you see spider-man maybe let him know that some stuff is going on he's like yeah sure i'll you know whatever uh johnny when johnny leaves the like diner whatever he's like ah shit there's the fantastic four symbol in the sky reed richards wants us to like go explore this Dimensional pocket that only opens up every once every thousand years. It's a big pain in the ass. Uh. And Spider Man like stops him. And he's like, "Hey, I have an idea. You apparently think that my life is a cakewalk, and I think that you have like ev- it made in the shade with the Fantastic Four. So, how about we switch? Like, role. Like, you take care of my villains, and I go on your little intergalactic space journey." for the day or whatever and johnny storm is like are you kidding me that sounds great let's do that okay and they both go their separate ways and the fantastic four definitely deals a lot more in like cosmic problems Mm -hmm. like i think we might have talked in the past about how like galactus is one of their big bads they do a lot of like alien invasions and dimensional travel and like obviously spider man has grown to do a little bit of that but when we think of spider man we think of him as like being a on-the-street kind of hero. I didn't even know that about the
0: Fantastic Four. I was like, who are their villains then? But it makes sense that if that's the kind of, like, what's the word I'm looking for? It makes sense that if that's their shtick to be dealing with uh, big intergalactic villains and cosmic problems, that of course Johnny would look at someone like the Vulture and be like, you know, like, flicking him like a fly off a plate, like, okay, well, whatever, like...
1: Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, they obviously have the benefit of having a team unit to work with, but I think because, like, their original incarnation was, like, they were astronauts, they were in space when they got blasted with cosmic rays, like, that put them on the track to have a lot of these, like, intergalactic adventures and, like, defending the whole planet or, like, defending the whole universe or whatever, as opposed to, like, Spider-Man, who's, like, he's a hero of the people, he's, you know helping out with like everyday problems like the fantastic four was definitely more created with that like you know like that johnny quest kind of adventure comic sort of feel
0: and there's nothing wrong with that but just spider-man is uh cooler
1: (laughs) well i feel like spider-man has stayed more relatable because of that yeah absolutely Um, i think that's something that people like me struggle with with the fantastic four anyways getting back to the story so johnny is just like too op like he's just too too powerful for this job like stopping bank robberies and like muggers is just practically boring for him he does run into some problems where he's like oh i'm supposed to uh look into this street drug thing and he's like i know i'll pretend to be like an ordinary dude and go pretend to buy some and literally in this scene he like walks up to like some like you know drug dealers that are like hanging out in an alleyway or whatever and he's like hey yeah i want to get some zoomers and they're like they literally tell him you are the whitest person i have ever seen in my entire life oh my god like that's literally what the page says he said uh what's up fellow kids they said you're uh, you're white though (laughs) well i mean like i think the guy saying it is also white but like apparently johnny storm is just on another level of whiteness i believe it and uh and he's like wait a minute i know who you are you're johnny storm and he's like oh shit apparently it doesn't work being undercover if like you've been on the cover of vogue or whatever
0: my superhero outfit does not include a mask and i did not consider that up to this point
1: exactly exactly so he has to kind of strong arm his way into getting a little bit of information meanwhile we see spider-man who's like waltzed up to the fantastic four and he's like hey uh i'm taking over for johnny today and they're like no you're not and he's like yeah i am and they're like okay well we gotta go because this portal is gonna close so like they go into the negative zone and they're supposed to like go take readings from a planet or something like that but while they're in like subspace like spider-man is flipping out he's like oh my god did you guys see it went all sparkly and they're like yeah we have a word for that it's called thursday <laughs> and, oh um and yeah the fantastic four kind of mean sometimes well because fuck reed richards yeah exactly so uh they're doing like their space stuff and they're like oh no like the cosmic rays are getting too hot like it's the heat is is affecting the spaceship that we're in and they're like if johnny was here he would be able to filter like siphon off the heat from the outside of the ship and i'm like you probably should have just i don't know phoned him or something and be like no we really need you like this seems like a very critical mistake on your part reed richards Uh, yeah i was gonna
0: say what a huge design flaw because what if johnny
1: dies yeah so spider-man is like okay don't worry about this i've got it i can take care of it and so he like uses his webs to like insulate the ship but they're like uh you've gunked up all of the equipment the Scanners and the equipment, how long is this going to take to dissolve? And he's like, uh, about an hour. And they're like, the portal closes in 62 minutes. And he's like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, I was, <laughs> what did you want? I'm trying to help. Back in New York, uh, Johnny has managed to like strong arm some information out of some of these like low level thugs. And he finds out that it's Craven that is the one that's manufacturing and supplying the drug and so he's like oh he works at like a an abandoned zoo like what this is such a low rent setting like at least the fantastic four gets to go to space what is this and like he goes out there and there's like like you know hungry lions or whatever he's like i mean i guess that's kind of cool yeah and then (laughs) Kraven like pops out of the woodwork and is like ha! oh just one hero thinks he can take me on and so like they have a squabble and then he like gets his poison snakes to bite johnny and johnny's like please i just I just wanted to know where you were getting your supplies. And uh, and he's like, oh, that's a secret you'll take to your grave. And then he tells him. And then Johnny's like, yeah, poison doesn't really work on a guy who can boil his own blood. And so like he just like hops back up and then takes Craven to the authorities with all the information and like stops the drug ring. And he gets the key to the city. And it's great. and <gasps> and, and so then like the next scene is him like back at that same diner. And he's just like gloating in front of the whole crowd and like of course you know Peter is there just like he's had the worst day ever and like his heroes think he's he's terrible. Uh, but meanwhile like right. as Flash is gloating to everybody like uh, the waitress is like oh here's a cup of coffee on the house but it's actually from Flash and he had her put laxatives in it and I, <laughs> that's how the comic ends. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like okay. I love it. Um, there are also like some other moments where they kind of get to see each other's perspective or like from each other's shoes i think really the first comic i read that gave me some more insight into the fantastic four was marvels which is a four issue miniseries which is gorgeously illustrated by alex ross who's like a comic book legend um and this series it's only four issues but it's like the history of super powered people but from the perspective of just a layman. Uh, who I think like works as a reporter or something like that. So he's talking okay, that's about, cool. yeah. Yeah. And he's talking about like the first appearances of like super powered people or entities and like how they've been perceived differently through history. And one of the things that he focuses on is that when the fantastic four shows up, they're basically celebrities. And part of the reason for that is that like, they were, you know, they're astronauts or whatever. They were already kind of famous when they went up to space and then they came back with powers and it was like, oh, they're just more famous now. And so they're in the comics and it, like in the understanding of the universe, they are these the celebrity family, basically. And he, a part of the comic contrasts the way that they're treated and that they're perceived as opposed to like mutants when they start showing up and how he realizes within himself that like he holds certain prejudices, but that also just the general populace like viewed the fantastic four as being these amazing heroes, but like mutants start showing up and suddenly they're the bad guys, even though like, you know, because they're just, because they're born with these powers or whatever. And so like, he's trying to understand the disconnect and why that is the case or whatever. Um, But I think that was the first time that I kind of understood a little bit more about like where the fantastic four stands in the Marvel universe most of the time, but there is an issue or like two issues, handful issues. Um, in the main Fantastic Four series where they suffer from a bit of a PR problem. So another one of the Fantastic Four's main bad guys is Dr. Doom. And basically they've gone to his country and they've taken it over, which was a completely necessary thing for them to do. But from the general public's view, it looks like they forcibly went in, took over this country and then like shot at American troops oh great in order to do it and so even though they were trying to like do the thing for the greater good it really put them in a terrible pr position and so when they come back like just their reputation is garbage um people are like throwing things at them in the street and so Johnny calls up Spider-Man and he's like, I really need to talk to you. I really need to get your advice. And Spider-Man is like really puffed up. He's like, oh, yes, come. Oh, yes, I will advise you. What is it that what is it that you want to know from me? And so he starts talking about like how the media is treating the Fantastic Four. And he's like, yes, you know, um, people are quick to report on things without knowing all the facts. Yeah, that's true. I, yeah. And he's like, well, how do you do it? He's like, how do I do what? He's like, how do you deal with being a loser? <laughs> <laughs> and, ah! and Spider-Man is just like I could strangle him. Gloves don't leave fingerprints. <laughs> yeah, like oh my god, I'm <laughs> I have super strength. I could just do it. So, there's a couple issues where like Spider-Man is kind of trying to teach him a little bit about just like more or less it's a this too shall pass kind of lesson. Like mm-hmm. he shows him how people's perception of him can change literally within the same day and I think the ideas he's trying to teach him that like how you can't let it get to you and how you still have to consistently do the right thing, even though it's not always recognized or people don't always understand why you're doing it or that people are quick to jump to their own conclusions. But Johnny is just so up his own butt. (laughs) Right. Um, And just having the world's biggest pity party that like, I'm not sure that a lot of it gets in and you know, that it's actually kind of like a, a funny story but it does show that like it's at times they do really seem like they're understanding where one another is coming from and at other times it's just like you couldn't be more blind to what the other person is going through for sure but they both definitely feel like the other one has something that they want
0: which is always a good trope that's yeah it's
1: definitely a good trope to explore so always
0: makes for good storytelling to my mind
1: i think so yeah I think a power swap would be really cool, but I will have to say definitively that Spider-Man and the human torch were not there. So Spider-Man
0: was not there, but he could be. So Dan Slot, if you want to hit us up, you know, we can be friends. We can talk about it. And if you want to write it, um, we're open to that. <laughs> you know, we can have our people talk and we'll get a cool power swap story going. Cause I really think that people would enjoy that probably. I hope they would. I always like when I come up with a with a story where Spider-Man was not because it makes me feel very clever. <laughs> it's like of all the comics in all the world, I made this garbage up that nobody thought of before, I guess. Well, I would or maybe somebody <laughs> or maybe somebody did and it got thrown on the cutting floor like a bunch of times, which is probably the more likely scenario. <laughs> but yeah, um hit us up or don't, but please do.
1: Uh, so if dan slot wanted to follow our twitter or drop us an email zeke can you tell him where he would do that
0: yeah dan you can hit us up on twitter at was spidey uh, you can find us if you go to your followers you <laughs> i think you can search we're in there was spidey there uh, or you can just type in at was spidey uh, or you can send us an email at was spidey at gmail.com you know some people like to kick it old style and so you can always shoot us an email um or if you just want to tell other people about us uh you can hashtag was spidey there we also follow that hashtag so add us if you want to talk to us hashtag if you're talking about us i guess if you're not dancelot and you're listening to the show you could also do that <laughs> um but this is really just for dancelot so if you're not dancelot just go ahead and skip until you hear the funky music a second time because then we're going to go ahead and, <laughs> and go into the second half of the podcast which is right now <laughs> Okay, Kat, so uh, I checked the email and Dan Slot hasn't gotten back to us yet. So let's go ahead and do the super secret second mystery part of the podcast. And maybe we will lure him in with some cool ideas.
1: All right. Well, the super secret second part of the podcast is... Two truths and a fic, or in this case, two truths and a fantastic fic. I see what you yeah, did there. Yeah, In this segment, I will give Zeke two canonical Spider-Man storylines, and one that I have lifted from an obliging fan. And Zeke has to try and figure out which one of them is the fanfic. And I'm not good
0: at it. That's <laughs> just straight up, I'm not good at it. We're uh, 14 episodes in? Is this episode 15? We're 15 episodes in. I think I've done this twice, maybe three times, but probably I think just twice. So I'm not good at this at all. And now I'm really in Uncharted Waters. But the one time I did get it right was a Spidey Torch fic. It was a Smoochin fic, but it was for Spider-Man's birthday. So maybe this is, maybe this is my shot. Who knows? Yeah, maybe this is your secret ship it could be maybe i'll maybe i'll get super into spidey george maybe (laughs) that'll be what happens i don't think so mostly because (laughs) i really i'm kind of getting into spider-man now and i'm really seeing where my interests lie and spoiler alert it's the bad guys but i don't know maybe 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 johnny storm could be a bad guy because he's kind of a dick but let's not go there So, what is the uh, sticker on the line for me this week? Uh, Today's
1: sticker I picked in honor of Johnny Storm, who believes that he is God's gift to humanity. So, it's a little web slinging sticker. It's like a picture of Spider Man's webs, but it says, for you.
0: Wow. Oh, that's so sweet. I will try. I'll do this not for honor, but for you, (laughs) Spider Man. And we will give you some kind of prize if you want to holler at us and tell us what that's from. (laughs) Let's hear it. Let's hear story number one.
1: Story number one. With Reed, Sue, and Ben investigating a hydrogen planet in the negative zone, only Johnny Storm is around to receive an urgent distress call from Puerto Rico. Well, Johnny and your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, that is. It turns out all is not sun, fun, and empanadillas, as the two have to battle luminestro an irradiated terror from the depths who threatens the whole island
0: who's ben that's not uncle ben that's the that's the thing yes right okay you said sue and reed and ben and i was like uncle ben (laughs) like the beyonce gif like (laughs) i was like tiffany pollard like uncle ben (laughs) like okay i'm with you now though that sounds like fun also i love the addition of empanadas in this story okay i like it it's fun it's
1: it's flirty go ahead and uh go ahead and give me number two after some pyrotechnics go awry the fantastic four find themselves missing the comfort of their home sweet home all thanks to johnny annoyed the Firestarter bets he can live just fine without them for an entire year and makes a fresh start by getting his own apartment in queens right next door to one peter parker hiding his identity has never been easy but how is spider-man supposed to keep the human torch in the dark i really like this
0: one this has very strong and they were roommates (laughs) vibes like and then he moved in next door oh my god he moved in next door (laughs) like
1: (laughs) that's where i'm at right now um okay give me number three number three when one of Peter's neighbors needs a helping hand hiding herself and her otherworldly looking twins, Spidey needs someone cool and low-key he can trust to babysit while he performs a daring rescue. Sounds like a perfect job for the famously cool and always low-key Human Torch. Okay. Now, see, I was sure that the
0: second one was the fan fiction, fanfiction. But, ev- but see now, okay... Now, when we did Spider Babies, uh, Itsy Bitsy was canon, but the 15 baby spiders in Critter Keepers were not. Correct. But when we did Spidey Pool, go to, go to Deadpool Daycare was the fanfic. So, stories that involve kids always trip me up. But that said, I think that the first one is canon for sure. And I'm going to go with my gut and I'm going to say the second one is the fanfic and the third one is canon. I feel like that is the order that I go in a lot, but I'm really feeling it this week. I really want that next door neighbor's plot to be just slow burn, like, will they, won't they, close call, good, good, good food. You know what I mean? Like, I just really want it to be tasty. And even if it's canon, it'll still be tasty. But if it's a fanfic, I know. I know it's delicious. So that's, I'm just going off of blind faith and what I would want. I'm manifesting my reality right now. I'm using the the law of the secret. I don't know. I'm trying. I just really want that to be the fiction. <laughs> so that's my answer is um, canon, uh, fanfic, canon. Final answer
1: well i have two pieces of good news for you okay the first piece of good news is that canonically spider-man and the human torch were roommates for a while okay and johnny sleeps in the news
0: <gasps> oh, oh, oh.
1: <laughs> just throwing that breadcrumb out there for you uh, nom, 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 nom. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the second piece of good news is that you have earned yourself a sticker oh, this week oh
0: yeah I'm, you can't you guys can't see me but i'm dabbing <laughs>
1: i can feel it yeah. i can feel it in the force feel the
0: uh the velocity of my dab all the way in austin
1: oh <laughs> just wow right on my cheek oh yeah that's for you
0: oh. <laughs> oh
1: i'm so excited and
0: i'm so excited to hear about these stories so let's jump in
1: all right so the first one in puerto rico uh this is spider-man and the human torch in bahia de los muertos and this was just like a one-off issue i think it's like an annual. And I thought it was, like, it's a fun issue. The art style is really unique. It's it's a lot different than normal comic book style. It's very, like, chunky and lineless. Mm-hmm. And it harkens to, apparently, a previous fantastic for adventure where they had gone to puerto rico because like the characters there are like oh yeah you know we called johnny storm because you guys helped us in the past and he's like well it's just me right now and like literally he and peter parker were getting ready to like play band hero i love it (laughs) they're like i guess we're going to puerto rico now to go do this and it's kind of it's a little bit like it's trying to tackle a bunch of different issues like there's definitely like an environmental message about like oh they were testing these like weapons off the coast and there was radiation poisoning and also like some cultural colonialism messages and also a little bit about like the police state and like protesting and like one of the characters that they're working with is like a cop who feels really bad because like when the people started protesting on his island against like the weapons testing like he had to like police the protests or whatever. And this included, like, arresting his own wife who, like, died a the year later no. or whatever. And so, like, he's trying to, like, make up for this... for having been on the wrong side of events or whatever by helping protect his island now. So there's a lot going on in this one issue. Um But it's still, I think, retained a lot of fun. And I think, like, the art style alone makes it worth looking at because it's definitely a unique art style. Mm-hmm. Um So that one's a fun one to check out. The fanfic is... The second one. So good on you for picking that one out of the, of the stack. And it is called The Parker Bad Luck Curse by Just a Nerdy Girl. Oh my
0: god, I love this.
1: And this was, I think this was a work in progress. It was pretty cute. Like, I really do, like you said, I enjoy the idea of kind of this, like, Johnny Storm just, haha, storming off. Because he definitely is, like, he's the youngest member of the Fantastic Four. And he's definitely kind of portrayed as being sort of the irrational one and the irresponsible one. And I think contrasted against like, you know, Peter Parker kind of having his head down and like feeling the weight of the world on his shoulders, them being neighbors or being in that juxtaposition is is a lot of fun. Um, And I'm always down for a good uh, identity porn fic like absolutely.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I told you it's just the it's just you look at it and you're like, that's the one that's the good food (laughs) it is it is thanksgiving today the food is good
1: uh but but i thought i would throw that one in there just because like canonically they have had close living quarters um in the past so it wasn't like too far-fetched i do like that i'm honestly thank you so
0: much for writing this what's the username
1: just a nerdy girl
0: just a nerdy girl just a nerdy girl you are more than that you have been just a wish fulfiller for me today (laughs) so thank you so much i love it i just love this story oh it's so good we do need to move on to the third one i'll just talk about how much i love it forever
1: okay so the third one is from the pages of friendly neighborhood spider-man which is a more recent title uh this is issues one through four and this was a little bit of a different take on spider-man in that i think the narration and the point of view is a little bit more introspective. Like it's still Peter Parker and he's still going about his life, but I think it's got plenty of action, but it is definitely also focusing on like his internalization during the action, instead of like sitting on his shoulder, we're sitting in his head, Mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. And it's, I think it can be a very sentimental series with a lot of small moments uh, i think i did i did show you a panel from it that i just thought was really cute and i had to share and i didn't think it was a giveaway where he rescues a little girl and she sees a spider on his chest and she's like ah and she like squishes it, yeah, it or she tries, tries to, to squish, squish it. it yeah and it's just like this is really a, just a non-sequitur little silly moment but it just feels very real like you can just imagine these things happening you can imagine people reacting this way like it's not so big and flashy amazing spider-man it's like no this is like what it's like when spider-man and peter parker interact with people on a day-to-day basis Mm -hmm. and in this series and in in this storyline he is coming into a shitty little apartment that he shares with like two other broke-ass dudes and one of his neighbors is like, you need to check on this other neighbor. She hasn't come out in a long time. And I think she's, she's concerned. And so like, he comes and like, gives her a bag of apples. And she's like, yeah, I am kind of scared. Do you know any heroes? And he's like, well, I know Spider-Man. She's like, mm, do you know anybody better than that? Oh! <laughs> and He's like, okay, how about we talk? And then we can see if maybe Spider-Man knows some better heroes. And he's like, trying not to be like, just mortally wounded. But she ends up getting kidnapped and then uh, his roommate is like, uh, your friend, this lady dropped off her laundry. She said you were going to do it for her. And he's like, what? And he like opens up the laundry basket and these two like children of the corn, like orange skinned, white haired children crawl out. And at first it's like creepy, but then it's like, oh, no, they're just orange kids. They're adorable. And so he has to go like rescue her and go figure out what's going on. But he needs somebody to watch them and his roommates don't know he's spider-man which is fun especially since one of them is a low-grade supervillain. Mm -hmm. and so he's like all right who can i call who can i trust and so yeah he calls johnny over and so like the kids are like like he's wearing his spider-man suit he's like i'm spider-man and they're like we don't know who that is and and he's like okay that's fine um all right, well, my friend is going to watch you. And he's like, don't worry, Johnny, they're not from around here, so they might not know. And they're like, oh, it's the Human Torch. We love you. You're awesome. <laughs> and he's like, okay, great. I think you have this under control. Oh, I'm man. Go perform a daring rescue now. But yeah, it's it's a pretty interesting story. Um, it, it starts doing some world building in some interesting ways. I think it does a good job of showing Peter interacting, like, not just with his roommates, but, like, with the people that are in his daily life. Like, even... The people in his apartment building and the people that like the homeless people that are outside his building and like there's some moments with Aunt May. And so I think if you just really want to like get to know Peter Parker a little bit better, this is a really good series to look at. Like it really is about friendly neighborhood Mm Spider-Man.
0: Yeah, I like that a lot. I do. I really am a fan of spider-man in the neighborhood like i know that there are lots mm-hmm. of like and then he and then he and then there was green goblet and also doc Ock and he had to punch people through four dimensions and like i and like that's super cool don't get me wrong but i really like stories that are like and then spider-man beat up a guy because he stole an old lady's purse and he was like you shouldn't steal purses and the guy's like ah you're right spider-man and like <laughs> that's
1: yeah there there is a really touching moment where um he sees a kid getting bullied and he like stops the stop them from bullying him and he's like hey you know are you okay and then he turns to the the kids that are bullying him and he's like if you mess with him again you're gonna have to answer to me and the kids are like we're sorry we're sorry mr spider-man and he realizes that he's just like scared them and they're like middle schoolers Mm -hmm. and he's like and he could just be like well don't do it again and walk off and he's like no okay hold on and like they're they're like waiting for the bus and so like the bus pulls up and he like talks to the bus driver he's like is it okay if I ride with you and so like the kids get on the bus and then he gets on the bus and has like a chat with the kids as they're like riding to school mm-hmm. to like explain why bullying is bad and like Ugh,
0: Spider-Man you know, and
1: I'm just like and I was like oh responsibility oh accountability consequences oh mm, this is why you're a good boy cat, cat voice he's meeting all my standards yeah <laughs>
0: these stories have all been without exception some of the best ones i think that i've heard doing the podcast up to this point i feel like i also say that in every episode but like (laughs) this is just like these are just really good just at the at their core they're all just really good stories Mm -hmm. and i was really i'll be honest i was not expecting this to come out of the spidey torch episode because i wasn't <laughs> i was like whatever there won't be that much content for it but turns out there is and it's good like it's good stuff what i did not realize was that spider man not idolized but like looked up to the fantastic four i was not aware that that was a pre-existing like relationship so it's also cool to learn that that he's kind of like oh the if the fantastic four think i'm a loser like that'll super suck
1: Yeah, I think he just looks up to them because they're like heroes that happen together as a scientific mind. Like, Mm -hmm. I think he looks up to Reed Richards' accomplishments as a scientist, although there have been comics where he realizes that, like, Reed Richards just needs to get, like, his personal life together, though. Um, (laughs) So, but I think, like, as a unit and as, like, a a crime-stopping, world-saving unit, he really respects them. Yeah,
0: I think that's cool. And I think these stories have
1: all been really good. Do you know what else I think would
0: be cool is if you had a cool piece of Spider-Man trivia for us this week?
1: I have a have a really silly one this week. I
0: love when you have a silly
1: one. Yeah. Um so uh if you're like me, you may have spent hours wondering whether or not the Spider-Man MCU audi commercials are part of the canon okay (laughs) i didn't even know like me i didn't
0: even know those existed but i bet if i if i had i'd be like okay well when
1: (laughs) yeah there's like two car commercials where like tom holland peter parker is like learning how to drive and for very silly reasons like one of them is him taking his driving test and like the other one is him like borrowing this quote-unquote experimental car to like bring in as a visual aid for the science fair or something and i'm like that's not what science fairs are you should know this peter but uh well in the mcu
0: uh, anything is possible
1: that's true i guess that's what science fairs are in the mcu uh however if you've ever wondered if spider-man can drive in the comic books the answer is sure (laughs) (laughs) um he in fact has a spider mobile or there at least is record of a spider mobile although it appears very rarely um it's basically a glorified dune buggy. Okay, I love it. And it it looks ridiculous, but I bring it up because the Spider-Mobile dune buggy clown car monstrosity is the love child of Peter Parker and Johnny Storm, where like Corona Motors <gasps> was like, "Hey, um, um, hey Spider-Man, we want to develop a zero emissions engine." and we want you to be like the promotional face of it we want spider-man to be the promotional face of it and he's like that's cool and he's like also they're like also you need to build it (gasps) like here's this here's the specs that we want this car to have uh you know science people right and he's like yeah i guess and they're like okay cool so make this car unbelievable (laughs) make it awesome make it for us Um, drive it and we'll take the money and so uh he works with johnny storm and it's like okay so these are the specifications and this is what it has to do and basically johnny storm essentially builds the car for him but like i mean i guess johnny is amazing at building cars and vehicles but also has the style sense of a 12 year old who just discovered hot wheels because it's just the worst thing and it's like his idea of what cool was clearly informed by, like, James Bond movies and Speed Racer because he's know. like, oh, and this is the switch that you turn on to make the Spidey signal go. And he's like, why would I need to signal that I'm here? Like, I'm already in the car. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's like, and this is the ejector seat. And he's like, ejector seat? What the hell for? Yeah, like, why? <laughs> and, why? And I have a, I have a book called um, The World According to Spider-Man, which is this really cute book that includes all these like personal documents. And like, it's kind of like written from his perspective. And it's like, these are the costume ideas that didn't pan out and stuff like that. And there's a diagram of the spider mobile that includes like, this is the pie dispenser that shoots out fruit pies, but this is also the chamber that keeps the fruit pies cold. And I was just like, I guess this is canon now it's in the book. (laughs) I want to say that
0: I have just Googled the spider mobile. And I'm disappointed that you have not discussed whatever this image is where they have it at an auto show and people are laughing at it. (laughs) Like, canonically, the people in Spider-Man's world think that this vehicle is as ridiculous as we do.
1: Uh, Oh, absolutely. They absolutely do. I'm also a huge fan of the spider (laughs) rooms. It's just his face. In the comics, it's really funny. The comic where they introduce it johnny storm is like all right here it is and he's like all right that's my car i guess and they have to go and johnny's like well i'm gonna fly there obviously i'm the human torch that's kind of my thing and so spider-man's like i guess i'm driving this thing and he's just like on the sidewalk and like going in between the crowds and johnny's like can't you drive and he's like i grew up in new york what makes you think i can drive Uh, you know
0: i was gonna say that when you were like oh can you drive i was like he doesn't need to he lives in new york (laughs)
1: <laughs> and so then like later on in the comic um he shows up in the car and like bad guys are like oh shit and they start running but i think it's implied that it's more because they're worried he's gonna like run them over well yeah than, like oh shit spider-man is here <laughs> oh shit
0: spider-man's here he does not have insurance
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so spider-mobile johnny's gift to the world and to spider-man and to us the adoring fans
0: thank you so much johnny stormy that's one thing right in your life and it was make this <laughs> <laughs> thanks for digging that up for us cat and for um finding all these cool stories to tell us this week um again if you are dan slot we do want to hear from you it's this is not a threat it kind of came off as a threat it's not but please send us an email or a tweet and if <laughs> and if you're not dancelot and you want to do that again you can email us at uh there at or you can tweet us at was spidey there thanks so much for listening my name is zeke and i'm cat and we'll see you next week what's up spider pals it's zeke if you enjoyed the stories that we talked about in today's episode You should check out the issues they're from, and they are Spider-Man slash Human Torch number two, Fantastic Four number 512 through 513, Spider-Man and the Human Torch in Bahia de los Muertos, Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man numbers one through four, and our featured fic this week is the Parker Bad Luck Curse, trademark, like parentheses T-M by Just a Nerdy Girl. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week.